0: And if you would, open your Bibles to the book of Matthew, while they're making their way out, Matthew chapter 6, and I'm going to silence my cell phone, take that for what it is, but as you turn there to Matthew chapter 6, I've been trying to introduce these lessons, these uh, series um, on the uh the, uh, the life of generosity. Um, I've been trying to introduce it with sort of a, uh, a, a let me tell you something about myself and see if you can kind of identify with it. And my life was, was a roller coaster. Uh, and and some of you maybe are able to identify with that very concept that your life had a lot of ups and downs and ups and downs. Uh, my life was a roller coaster, but not just in the ups and the downs of the things that I was involved in, but it was it was a roller coaster of investments as well. Now some of you that have a financial mind, you, you're you're perking up. Oh goody, he's going to talk about investments. Yes, today I am going to talk about investments. Now don't worry about your portfolios and and uh, your IRAs or your 401k's for just a minute we'll get back to that but my investments were were kind of an up and down uh type of a of a thing when i was when i was a child growing up i was raised in a uh, uh in a in a christian home uh, a church home there's there there are uh, uh there are parents and then there are parents and and, and my parents <laughs> They were parents, you know. They were the ones, they didn't spare the rod and spoil this child. Uh, there, there were many times that I had my, um, let's say it this way, the Board of Education applied to the seat of learning. And I had that growing up as a child many times. Um, but I was raised in church. Now, I was raised in church, uh, not just in uh uh, you know, the C and E, you know, C, E, and D, Christian, uh, Christmas, Easter, and a death. I wasn't just that kind of, I was raised, whenever the doors were open, we occupied our spot in the church. If it was, uh, if it was Sunday morning service, Sunday night service, if it was Sunday school, if it was Wednesday, if it was, uh, uh, we were having a midweek revival. One comedian talked about this one time. He said, if the preacher decided to wash the windows on Tuesday, we filled our pew and watched him do it. Right? That, that, that was the way I grew up. We we invested in that, and in our home, um, we had the extracurriculars were uh, wrapped around things that we could do, keeping God in the, in the midst of it. Um, uh, the, my parents invested and poured into me. I was homeschooled from third grade up, uh, and uh, you know I had um, uh, all of the extra things that we were able to do centered around church life. Uh, My parents poured the word of God into us. My dad didn't give me any of this. Okay, let me uh, show you the difference between Calvinism and Arminianism. My father handed me a Bible and said, learn this. I wasn't worried about it. I didn't know what a Calvinist was until I was 25 years old. But I knew how to defend it with scripture. I knew how to defend against certain things in scripture. I, 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 somebody says, well, God determines who gets to get saved. That's not what my Bible says. Because my father handed me a Bible and said, learn this. They poured this stuff into me. Now, when I got older, I developed a love for ice. That's kind of weird, isn't it? I loved ice. I loved the smell of ice. And I spent countless hours on the ice. And I started ice skating. I played hockey. I started to figure skate even. And and it became something that just really, really grabbed a hold of me. And and if you could say I was addicted, yes, I was addicted. I mean, skating five hours every day, Monday through Friday. I'd skate two hours on Saturdays and Sundays. I did two hours of off-ice training. And I would work oftentimes two full-time jobs just to be able to pay for it. I'd wake up in the middle of the night sometimes at 3 o'clock in the morning, couldn't sleep, and I'd go in because I managed an ice skating rink, and I could go in and I'd just skate just myself. It became, literally became the number one thing that I wanted to invest in. And at 18 years old, when I was ready to graduate, while all my friends were going to college, I decided I was going to invest everything in skating. I would, uh, I, like I said, I, I'd work multiple jobs and I would start to pour as much finances and as, as much of my time into this investment as I could. The time, the energy, the, the money, my life. I wanted to do this and I thought that it was going to be something that was going to get me somewhere. It was going to be my future. It was going to be my career. This is what I was pouring everything i had into it if i had an extra dollar it went toward paying for skates if i had an extra uh, an an extra hour i'd spend it on the ice or i'd go into the gym and i'd do off ice training whatever i could do i wanted this so bad and i invested everything that i could into it now that's the me part and everyone we need to understand this everyone makes investments everyone does Now, whether it's in a stock market or a 401k or whatever it may be, everyone makes investments some people invest in their jobs and they get they, they dive into their job with with as much uh, uh, vigor as they possibly can they want to make sure that the uh, the boss sees them that their career is going to escalate some people they invest a lot in their family I was talking with one young man not too long ago he said I purposefully keep this job because if I take a different job or if I allow myself to go after a promotion in the company I won't be able to spend time with my family. Very honorable, very admirable. Uh, People invest in their hobbies. If that's not the case, why are people who are not professionals buying thousand dollar golf clubs? People invest in their hobbies every day. My wife and I took a wrong turn one time. We were trying to find a local swimming pool to get a membership and we, I just looked on on Google Maps. Have you ever done that before? You look on Google Maps, and then you just let yourself drive, and you just kind of follow the little blue dot. And you're like, okay, turn left here. I just, there's a swimming pool. That's got to be the one we're going to. Wrong. That one's like 1400 dollars a month for the membership. I'm like, who has fourteen hundred dollars a month for a membership at a pool? Like, well, you get the gym too. Planet Fitness is ten. Who needs a $1,400 if I can just show up and then you'll do the weights for me? Okay, now I can understand the investment there. But, you know, people invest in something. Everybody invests in things. Some people invest in cars. Some people invest in their homes. Some people even in, in, in their mental health. Uh, but we look at what we consider a value and that's what we place our investment in. If someone gave to you an option to invest for your retirement and said, this one's going to uh, give you a return of 15% and and this one's going to give you a return of 5%, you're going to look at the one with the 15% and go, there's more value there. I'm going to invest my retirement funding in that. We do this with our life as well. If someone, for example, if someone values being debt-free, perhaps they will invest in paying off their house quickly because they value being debt-free. Someone uh, maybe values being able to retire early. Perhaps they're going to invest in their retirement funds early. Uh, Someone who values rest and relaxation may invest in the tranquility of their home, or maybe they'll invest in vacations because they want that R&R. Another person maybe values family, so they invest time and money into their children's interests and family activities. Uh, per, perhaps you value fun, so you invest time and money in hobbies and entertainment. You see, we all invest in different things. Uh, others would uh, others value what people think uh, about them, and so they invest in the latest, maybe the latest tech. You know, I I wouldn't be caught dead with that kind of phone. I wouldn't be caught dead drinking that kind of coffee. Mine has to have a little green logo. You know, whatever it may be, I don't know. And so at the end of the day, we all invest in something and whatever uh, we are investing in is easily seen by the amount of time, the amount of focus, the amount of finances that we place toward that target. Now, we've talked thus far uh, this month about uh, a life of generosity, and, and I really kind of want to end with this portion of it on this uh, uh, this Sunday. Um, looking at a question that we really need to be asking ourselves. And, and we have notepads all over the place. We have pens all over the place. And I'm not going to be bothered in the least bit if you need to find a pen or a notepad real quickly. By all means, please do, because I want, I want complete participation for just a moment, please. Please. I'm going to ask you three questions, and I want you writing down your answers to these three questions as best you can. I want you to get serious for a moment because I'm going to call us uh, as a church. I want us to, uh, to develop this life, this mentality. As a church, I want us to get this idea of generosity, and I want us to get it right. So please, by all stretch of the imagination, even if you need to pull out, you know, I, I like to hear Bible pages turn. When we were off for COVID, Matt sent me a, a video of him just turning pages because he said he knew I'd miss it. I like hearing that. But if you've got to pull your phone out and take notes on your phone, By all means, go right ahead. Go right ahead. Just ignore angry birds during that time, okay? I'm going to give you three questions, and I want you to answer these and just be honest. Don't give the Sunday school answer because you're not going to let me know. This is for you and the Lord. This is just between the two of you. What do I spend the majority of my time wanting to do? Maybe another way of saying it is, what is the majority of my time spent doing Just think about it for a moment. And if you can't really come up with that right now, just maybe jot something down. You can come back at it a little bit later. You know, instead of going to work, I'd rather, you see the bumper stickers that say, I'd rather be fishing, you know. Well, who wouldn't, right? But there are some people that would honestly rather be working. There are people that actually do that. Uh, Instead of doing chores, I'd rather be fill in the blank. Hurry up, preacher, so that I can go Fill in the blank, right? What is is it that I spend the majority of my time wanting to do? Number two, what do I look forward to the most? What do I look forward to? What, What gets me excited? I can't wait until my next vacation. I can't wait until, fill in the blank. You know, what's something that, that really gets you excited? I can't wait until the next game. Oh, the Super Bowl happened, and now i got to wait another. Yeah. Some people, they, they, they can't wait until that next season kicks off, right? Um, first thing to do this morning, I want you to be careful about before we go any further. Some have learned the Sunday school answers. Don't give Sunday school answers. Give honesty. Give honesty between you and the Lord. Um, you know, uh, what the first thing that I do in the morning is, fill in the blank. You know that there's a lot of people that the first thing that they do in the morning is read the Bible, but their heart's not in it because they have made a practice of it. But it's not really what they want to do. They're just doing it because that's what they're supposed to do. So question number three, where do I spend... The most of my money. What do I spend most of my money on? Now I'm talking extra money. So before you go writing down taxes, you know, (laughs) duh. Okay, (laughs) the most of my extra money. Okay, if I find a twenty dollar bill in my pocket when I put on another pair of pants that I haven't worn for a long time because I finally lost enough weight to fit back into them, and I find that twenty dollar bill, what is the first thing? Oh, I can't wait to. Okay. What is the majority of my extra to go to? We're not talking about necessities, food, taxes, bills, food. Uh, Yes, I said food twice. You know, food is a necessity, but let's, you know, food being a necessity is one thing. Going out to eat at Sizzler every week is not a necessity. Okay, But there are some people that food is what they can't wait to spend extra money on. So let's just be honest about this for a little bit. My car does not cost me anything other than gas. It may not be the fanciest, but it gets me where I need to go. But I do have to spend money on gas, right? But that doesn't mean that I have to spend money on gas so that I can go driving everywhere. I, growing up, I knew people that that's just what they did. They dri- You can't afford to drive to the grocery store today. You got to sell a kidney to fill your car up. So now, Hopefully, you've gotten those three things down. With that in mind, stand with me, if you would, as we read God's Word. Matthew, chapter number 6. Look at verse 19. Simply says this, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt. And where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Father, we present ourselves to you this morning for inspection, for correction, for encouragement. So, Father, would you open our hearts today to your word? Don't allow us to dig our heels in, but help us, Father, to get serious about living a life made in the image of your dear Son. We pray this in your Son's name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Here we are in Matthew chapter 6, and this is uh, what's referred to as uh, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And uh, we find some of the most, uh, the richest, I'd say, uh, instructions in all of Scripture. This one sermon has sparked uh, millions of pastors and preachers to preach on many of these topics, and they really dig in. Today is no uh, no exception. Uh, this Sermon on the Mount is... is Filled with gold. This is something that is uh, more precious than any fine jewel you will ever come across. The word of God is is, is head and shoulders above anything, any other treasure that we could we could ever imagine. Uh, the sermon covers a wealth of topics. Uh, let me give you a basic rundown of the Sermon on the Mount in uh, chapter five, verses three through twelve. You have the right attitudes, the be attitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the uh, the uh, lowly. And blessed are they that mourn, and so forth, and so on. Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16, you have um, uh, being salt and light. Uh, Matthew chapter 5, verses 17 through 19, Jesus' exposition of uh, the law. Uh, Righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees is in Matthew chapter 5, verse 20. Murder and anger, Matthew chapter 5, 21 through uh, 26. Uh, Adultery is addressed in in Matthew 5, 27 through 30. The effects of divorce are addressed in Matthew chapter 5, 31 to 32. The swearing of oaths in Matthew 5, 33 through 37. Taking revenge in 38 to 42. Uh, Treatment of enemies in 43 to 48. And then we get into chapter 6. Chapter 6, verse 1 says, uh, uh, tells us about charitable deeds. Uh, prayer is mentioned in chapter 6, verses 5 through 15. Fasting in verses 16 through 18. Uh, in, here in our current text this morning, materialism is expressed in verses 19 all the way through 24. Uh, anxiety is addressed in 25 through 34. Um, judging others in Matthew 7, verses 1 through 6. Uh, asking, seeking, and knocking in Matthew 7, verses 7 through 11. Um, uh, the golden rule in Matthew seven twelve, And even how to enter into the kingdom of heaven, verses 13 through 27 of Matthew chapter 7. Now, today we're going to zero in to one uh, specific section of this amazing sermon, and that is found in Matthew uh, chapter 6, verses 19 through 24. As we look at this and as we kind of zero ourselves in on what's taking place, I want us to pull out just a few key points of this passage today, and we're going to line verses 19, 20, and 21 up with those specific points. The first point I'd like to bring out is simply this, storing our treasures on earth. Notice what he says in Matthew 6, verse 19. He says, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and, and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. This first part, many through the years have limited this passage to simply physical or monetary things, but I want us to understand what is actually being said. These statements, like where moth and rust doth destroy or thieves uh, can steal, uh, make us to only think about what applies to the material things. However, there is more to it. The Greek word is brosis. Brosis means that, uh, what can be corrupted or what can decay, and so uh, only two out of eleven times in the New Testament is this word used for the word rust, and, and, and the rest of the times it is typically even used in reference. The majority of the time, it's used in reference to food that can rot, and so it's not only speaking in the uh, uh, in the sense of money or or stuff that we buy. Uh, It is typically understood as what is consumed, what can be consumed. Now, the key to understanding this is is that Jesus is saying not to store up things that can be lost, that can be stolen, or that can be destroyed or, or corrupted in some way, shape, or form. Things that can be consumed. Listen, I can invest my money in the stock market, but the stock market can collapse. And I can lose it. I can invest my, my time and my life into a job, but I can lose that job. I, I'm living proof that a person can invest a lot into a career that is nowhere to be seen. We can invest in things. I spent years investing into that skating. Yet today, I, I, look at it this way. I have not been on an ice, a block of ice in almost 20 years. Did that investment pay off? Now, I can look at some of the things that happened and I can say, well, were it not for me doing that, then I would not have this over here. If, I was not, if it wasn't for my life in skating, I would have never relocated to the Cincinnati area, which is where I found my wife. That's not evidence of a good investment. That's evidence of a God who's able to work in spite of a bad investment. Okay, so before we go, well, if it wasn't for me doing this, I wouldn't have, stop. God is able to work no matter how dumb you are. I'm living proof. If if God can supply a wonderful wife and wonderful children to an idiot like this, there's hope for you. It's not a matter of we can look and find the positive. I can do that. But it's a matter of where that positive came from. It wasn't from my investment. I can tell you that. It was from God. As as valuable as education is, understand this, and as honorable as sporting achievements can be, these abilities can erode. They can. Material things erode, they rust, and eventually they decay. Social pleasures can be lost. Accomplishments can be outdone and even forgotten. Now, before anybody says, well, Pastor Andy's against education. I didn't say that. You're putting words in my mouth. I'm a lifetime student. I've got... Multiple degrees outside of ministry, and I've got multiple degrees inside of ministry. I'm currently working to finish out my doctorate, and guess what? I'm gonna what kind of idiot is actually going to go back to school after that? This one, I love education, but what's the investment in? And so, before we go any further, you know, I talk with young people all the time what are you gonna do when you grow up? What are you gonna do as an adult? What are you gonna do when you graduate? And we need to start to word things this way. How are you going to serve the Lord when you grow up? How are you going to serve the Lord when you graduate? Because those answers are going to determine what you're going to do today. If if I want to be... The next greatest baseball player to have ever existed, then as a child today, my mind is going to be on baseball and baseball alone. If I want to serve the Lord by being an athlete, a professional athlete, guess what? Things are going to be a little bit differently. I am going to be focused on baseball, but I'm going to be focused on baseball with the right motivation now. There's nothing wrong with sports. There's nothing wrong with uh, education. And somebody wants to be a doctor. Well, I don't feel called to be a missionary. I feel called to be a doctor. Praise the Lord. Doctor for the cause of Christ. We just had a funeral for a doctor who made great things happen for the name of Christ. And and many people came to know Christ because of his investment. It wasn't a bad investment to go to medical school. That was exactly what God wanted for him. And so before anybody comes at this and says, well, pastor just wants, nope, that's not at all what I want. Listen to me, please listen to me. I want us to examine why we're investing, what we're investing in, how we're doing it, and, and, and is it a wise investment? That's what I'm wanting us to examine. The second thing, look at verse 20. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt. We're thieves do not break through nor steal treasures in heaven. Sometimes we think of a vault in heaven which collects our loot. That's not exactly what it is. Oh, I just did something good. Jesus just made a gold table for my mansion. No. No. During the uh, Decian persecution in Rome... Circa 250 AD, Roman Emperor Decius ordered in 250 AD that everyone was supposed to offer sacrifice to the Roman gods and to the emperor. It was an edict that went out. The only people who were exempt were the Jews because of good old Herod previously uh, setting some th- certain things up. But the Christians, many Christians were led to their martyrdom as a result of this because they could not offer sacrifice to pagan gods, could not in good conscience offer sacrifice to the, uh, to the emperor, and they were led to their martyrdom as a result of this. There was one event that historians write about uh, uh, where Roman authorities broke into a church hoping to loot it of its treasures the Roman prefect demanded of the deacon that that was there, he said, show me where your treasures are at once. They wanted to take everything valuable. He walked them over to a window, and he said, they're right there. The prefect, with a puzzled look on his face, walks over to the window, looks out the window to see orphans being fed to see the poor being cared for, to see the sick being nursed back to to health. He said, that's our treasures. He said, no, no, no. no. I want your things. He says, we don't lay up treasures on earth. There's our treasures. We store treasures in heaven. This is what we're talking about. Uh, the, The idea of of doing for the Lord, of, of helping the people of God, giving that cup of cold water in his name. This is what we're talking about. Yeah, I think back to the sacrifice of my wife. She could have a career, but she chose to raise her children. Now, I'm not, don't misunderstand me. I'm not telling you that if you're doing something different, then you are a sinful person. That's not what I'm saying by any stretch of the imagination. But my question is, where's the investments? I know many people who have, who have had, had, uh, had jobs, worked outside the home, and are raising wonderful children. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But I praise God for investments that are being made. The investment in our souls can never be taken away. Never. Going back to my personal example here, those many years that I spent on the ice investing as much as I possibly could into that career paid me nothing. But the amount of investment that my parents made into my spiritual knowledge. They poured the Word of God into me. When I walked away from that, guess what? I couldn't get away from that. And that was an investment well made. Well made. I praise God for the investment in our souls. The time and effort that you pour into your children's uh, 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 spiritual life. Getting up a half hour early so that you can spend time in the Word of God before you go to work instead of sleeping in and just hitting that snooze button to make sure you get more sleep so that you can function at work. I promise you something. God has a way of multiplying the time. I don't understand it because I'm not God. But there have been times where I have woke up thinking to myself, I don't have time for this. But when I made time for it, guess what? Somewhere, something something happened along the day that I ended up having enough time. It's amazing. Martin Luther used to say, I have so much to do that if I don't spend at minimum four hours in prayer, I won't get it all done. It's time for us to wake up. I'm living proof, and I know you are too. You know, the the spiritual investment that my parents made did not decay, but you asked me to do a flip today, I'll injure myself. Asked me 20 years ago, something different would have taken place. Asked me today, we're going to need three or four deacons to come carry me out of here. It's just going to be a bad day all around. But third, where is your heart? Where is your heart in this? Now, uh, I want you to think for just a minute. Let's uh, let's look at it from this perspective. Um, if you look at verse twenty, the Word of God there says, "But lay up for yourselves treasures." In heaven, where moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through to steal, for. That word for can mean because. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Again, there's absolutely nothing wrong with things. I like things. I like money, believe it or not. I've never had an outfit a dollar bill clashed with. It matches any outfit. It goes along. It's a nice garnish to any meal. It's, it's nice. You think I'm lying? I have a love for cooked cabbage today that the rest of my family just groans because my grandmother would fold up uh, coins in, in uh, tinfoil and drop it in the cooked cabbage. And you got your scoop of cooked cabbage out and you had to eat the cooked cabbage. Then you could take the coin. Money will make anything taste good. I'm here to tell you. I actually like cooked cabbage now as a result of it. There's nothing wrong with money. There's nothing wrong with sports. There's nothing wrong with a hobby. There's nothing wrong with a vacation. There's nothing wrong with uh, going out uh, with your friends to a nice dinner. There's nothing wrong with these things until they become the most important thing. And that's where my heart goes. And so it's time for us to examine where is our heart? The quickest way to determine where your heart is is to look or where your treasure is, I'm sorry, is to look at where your heart is. Beloved, please don't misunderstand me. Whenever we're giving to the work of the Lord and His work, uh, and and His uh, uh, work is shunned, there is a great disservice to the people. Laying up treasures in heaven is an investment that pays dividends. Souls, do you do you realize that we we support uh, some? Uh, it's, I, I want to say it's forty three missionaries and mission works around the world when you give money to, the, to a missionary cause and they lead someone in Papua New Guinea to the Lord, do you know that that's fruit to your account? That's an investment in the things of God. These are the things that we lay up and we store up for ourselves in heaven. Souls saved as a result of a missionary that you supported. Families equipped to live, the, uh, live like Christ because you invested in their spiritual education. Lives redirected because you invited them to church. That's an investment. We can take the money boxes out of this thing and just say, Have you, are you inviting people to church? That's an investment, a spiritual investment in the bank of heaven. Homes rearranged uh, because we reach fathers. Now stop for a minute before anybody gets upset. I'm going to give you the statistics and you tell me. The, average, the, the statistics say that if, the, if a child is the first one to be reached in the home, you have about a 6% chance of reaching the rest of the family. If mother is the first one that you reach in the home, you have about a 16% chance to reach the rest of the family. But if you reach the father first, there's a 96% chance that you're going to get the rest of the family. Not my, not my numbers. Look it up for yourself. Did you, do you know that if we invest in the men, I'm not saying not to invest in women and kids. But how much are we investing into the dads in this church? To the men in this church? to the boys learning how to be men in this church there's an investment that will pay dividends to so going back to the original question your original notes that I told you I wanted everybody complete complete participation hopefully you did take a look at what we just what we looked at there those three questions what do i spend the majority of my time wanting to do what do I look forward to the most and what do I spend the most money on? This may very well be where your treasure is. It might be. I don't know. But if that's where your heart is, it's where your treasure is. And Jesus in his sermon on the mount said, don't lay up treasures on earth. Lay them up in heaven. Just learn how to, how to determine where your investments are. If uh, I called up Debbie this week and I said, Debbie, I want you to send out a church-wide email. And I want you to tell everybody about this investment. It's a guaranteed investment if they put $1,000 into this market, into this money market account or what have you, it's going to pay 500% returns. People are like, yeah, 500% my hiney. There's nothing out there paying 5% right now. Everything's going backwards, Pastor. Yeah, but I'm telling you, this is a guarantee. You're going to be set for life. And you look into it, you do your own research, and you realize, he's right. This is a 500% return. This is crazy. You're not just going to invest $1,000. You're going to go break the bank. Put everything that you can into it. Guaranteed, not just hypotheticals. This isn't, hey, pull the 10-year hypotheticals for me. Let me see what it looks like. No, this is a guarantee. Guaranteed. Do you know I'm offering you something guaranteed? God lets us know that whatever we lay up in heaven does not corrupt. Whatever we lay up in heaven cannot be stolen. You don't get that kind of promise from Fidelity. Vanguard ain't making you that kind of guarantee. Matter of fact, you go trying to find, you put your money with them, the first thing they're going to say is, well, there's no guarantees. This one's a guarantee. You invest your time in the things of God, it's guaranteed return. It'll never be lost. You invest your time on your knees, guaranteed return, never lost. You invest your time serving your brothers and sisters in Christ, guaranteed return, never lost. Invest your finances in reaching people with the calls, for the cause of Christ, guaranteed return. Yeah, but pastor, what about that church that uh, embezzled all that money? That's on them, not on you. You invested for the Lord. That's on them. And God will see that dollar you invested. So, here's a question. How are you investing? Now, this is one of those that we we need to get serious. And now, I'm not going to ask you, like last week, I'm not going to ask you to make any life-changing decisions. If that's what God puts on your heart, praise the Lord. You change. You do exactly what the Lord lays on your heart. I'm just going to ask, just like last week, one thing but it's going to be a brave thing. It's going to be something that you have to determine to do, and it's going to be an important one. Would you carve out time today to sit down, get alone with God, maybe with your spouse, to sit down and look at your schedule? If you use Siri to schedule everything, every once in a while I like to say, Hey, Siri, just to see if I can make some of your phones kick in. But maybe look at your calendar. Examine your schedule. Maybe look at your resources, your abilities. Examine, have you invested wisely recently? Ask God to show you, have you been investing in things that can decay or are you investing in things that can be stolen? Or are you investing wisely in the things of heaven? Sure. We've all invested in things that can be stolen. We've all spent that extra time in front of the TV playing video games. (laughs) And I can look at it and go, well, that was a waste of time. Or I can look back. And go, no, it wasn't a waste of time when I sat down playing video games with my kids. And while I'm schooling them in Mario Kart, I'm talking to them. What have you been reading in the Bible this week? Oh, just shot you with a red shell. <laughs> Coming through. You haven't read your Bible today? Why not? Whoop! Oh, here comes a banana. Oh, you need to be in the Bible. Let me tell you what I got this week. you see, I'm not saying don't play video games. I'm asking where the investment is. I'm not saying don't go out to eat. I'm asking where the investment is. Tell that waitress or waiter, we're going to pray for our food. What can we pray for you about? That's an investment. And then tipper. More than 10%. More than 15%. If you've never waited tables... You should. Tip him. Well, I don't give any I don't give more money to a waitress than I give to God. Well, then give God more. And give your waitress more. Let's adopt this lifestyle of generosity as a group, as a family. Let's make this understand something. I was talking to some Gideons this week. God has been so good to us. So good to us, and the faithfulness of God's people has has made it possible for us to maintain. But let's adopt this life of generosity, understanding that the blessings of giving and embracing cheerfulness and excitement as we do, knowing that our investment in the things of God are greater, a greater value than anything about us, in this, God is well-pleased. Well pleased? Are you living in the blessed life? It is more blessed to give than to receive. Are you embracing cheerfulness? For God loveth a cheerful giver. And is your investment in the things of God? Were they on things that can rust, rot, and decay? Or worse, be stolen. An injury stole me of my my investment. But I'm here to tell you right now, I wouldn't change a thing. Because the investments in God's people, in God's Word, and in the spiritual life of those around me, is far greater than any type of a jump I could have done on ice. How about you? Father, it's all for you, it's all about you, and Father, I know that oftentimes a message such as this can rub people the wrong way, and so Father, I pray that you were heard, not me, that if anyone was bothered, it's because you want them to make a decision, not because I was offensive. Father, help us to get serious about the things of God and to invest in things that will not be lost. Father, call us to that closer walk with you. It may be something as simple as someone needs to just spend more time in Your Word every single day. And perhaps they've been shortchanging You of their attention. I don't know what it is, Lord. Only You do. And only You can expose that to them. So, Father, would You use this time to speak to hearts, to speak to lives. And Father, give us a desire and a hunger to serve You and to invest in the things of God. We'll be very careful to praise You for it. It's in Your Son's name we pray. Amen.